The Partner Podcast, where we have the best laughs. The Partner Podcast, when you listen, there's no going back. Movie reviews bi-weekly by Alex and Carmen. The Partner Podcast, and we just getting started. The Partner Podcast, where we have the best laughs. The Partner Podcast, when you listen, there's no going back. The Partner Podcast. The Partner Podcast. The Partner Podcast. Hey guys, I'm Alex. And I'm Carmen. And this is the Partner Podcast. And the Partner Podcast will be, for right now, about movie reviews. And um, we'll just be reviewing movies that we watch and talking about them. And today, we are reviewing The Collector, which is a 2009 horror film. And basically, Carmen, do you want to explain what the movie is about? Yes, so our main character arc and played by Josh Stewart is short on money to pay off a debt, so he decides to rob a family, well, a wealthy family, sorry, that he works for, breaking in and stealing expensive items. Um, but he chose the wrong night to do so and ends up in trouble when a crazy man known as the collector is also there taking the family hostage and setting up the house with deadly traps. So, this is a horror film, so if you do not like horror or gory stuff, because this was a very gory film, then viewer discretion, or listener discretion, is advice. Okay, Carmen, so can you give us, like, a spoiler-free review of the movie? Um, I enjoyed the movie. I feel like it was okay. I would say that it is gory. But it's also different from a lot of other films. I think it's actually like one of those kind of good scare movies that you don't see a lot. And I would say I enjoyed it. I would say characters do make stupid decisions, but overall, it's enjoyable. Yeah, yeah I enjoyed it. Um, you are a way bigger or more horror fan than me, so I guess you would enjoy it more. But I still enjoyed it. Um, it did remind me of a lot of horror movies like... Texas Chainsaw, like The Collector, and like The House Itself, and um, also Halloween 4, with that one scene with the laundry shoot. But I think overall, it was a really good movie, and I would watch it again if I had the choice. Okay, so the movie opens up with a husband and wife coming back home to find a red and black box saying from the collection in their bedroom. The box moves, and then the husband opens it, and then screams after being grabbed from behind, and then we just go to a black screen. And I noticed that the house, like, it had, like, the first shot that we see, like, the house has, like, caution tape on it. And then, like, when, well, the husband, we find out his name is Larry, he goes into the kitchen, and, like, the lights are working, so, like, the power is, like, out of the house. I don't really understand why the collector, like, did that if he was like gonna get them anyway like why would you go out of your way to turn the power off but i don't know that was weird but after that we see like this like cool introduction like title card screen where we have like pictures flashing and it's like cutting to like the collector like setting up traps for the house and he's like drawing on blueprints of a house and i guess it basically shows that he plans this stuff out so after this cool scene we cut to arkin which is our main character and he's working on a like this like mansion in like a really like rural area. It's like secluded from like a lot of stuff. 
But anyway, he's working in a house, and like it seems like they're almost getting done with it. And he talks to the father of the household. And he's talking about how they're going on a trip. And then he like walks around and like he looks at this business card and there's like a really long shot of the business card of the dad. And then he sees the mom doing Botox in the mirror. And then he ends up having a tea party with the youngest child, Hannah. Um, I thought it was a little weird. And then like, it was like a funny scene. Cause like the dad like walks in on them having the tea party. And I just thought it was like really awkward. Like, what did you think, Carmen? I thought it was, I think it wasn't weird in the moment, like maybe him having the tea party, even though she didn't know him because we come to find out he does have a child, but it's like weird when the dad walked in and he didn't know how to explain it. Wait, but didn't he like, he like grabbed the, cause she was like drinking from a um, cup and there was like he a- He spilled it, she spilled it on him. Yeah, and she like was like grabbing it. And so it looked kind of weird yeah. in the moment. But after that, he goes outside and he takes a smoke break and then he like sees a wasp nest because like they're like wasps like flying on him. So he ends up telling the exterminators and we'll come back to this scene later, but I just want you to remember that he ends up telling the exterminators about the wasps. So after this, he like is at his like little truck or whatever and he lets Jill, the older daughter of the house, um, take like a hit from the cigarette. And then like they're having like a little like back and forth like conversation and she's like Oh yeah, I'm named after my grandma who was like the first attorney general of the state. And like, I don't, I think she was like flirting with him. Yeah. Cause she just seemed, well, I'm not gonna say she seems like that, but it just appears that she's very friendly to people of the opposite sex. Yes. But then, um, we see that Jill ends up sneaking out, or she tries to sneak out of the house, but she gets caught by her mom. And then Arkin notices that they're going on a family trip. So he's like, oh, this would be a perfect time to rob them. And then the dad ends up paying Arkin and he ends up giving him a little bonus for his daughter. Okay, so after Arkin gets the money, we see that he visits his daughter at a bowling alley where the mom works. It's not stated that she's an ex-wife, but Google says that she's an ex-wife, but it seems like they're still together. Um, but he gives his daughter a bear, and then the mom ends up coming up to him, and they start to kind of bicker back and forth about how he doesn't have enough money for the loan sharks that she owes back and who she's in trouble with. And he wants to talk to them, but the mom says that she's just going to disappear. And then Arkin says that give her till midnight to get the money. So, I, okay, this scene, it was a little bit stupid for me, because first of all, why would you buy your daughter that bear, and you knew that your significant other needed the money? And then second of all, why is the girl needing an organ to get the money? Like, it seems like it's her problem. And it seemed like she really don't even like him for real. It seemed like she just kind of, like, using him to get the money. But, I mean... I guess his job pays well. Like, I don't, I don't, they, don't, they never like really established like what his job is. Like, is it like a construction uh, worker, like a security? I think he's kind of just like, you know, like somebody who fixes houses. Like, like a contractor? Yeah. 
but not so formal. Maybe he works for like a contracting company, but like he wear regular clothes. Like, and I also think he could have just stole one of Hannah toys and gave <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but like yeah, he, he just stole one of her toys. So then, after he leaves from the bowling alley, we see that he goes to a strip club or a bar. It's basically a strip club slash a bar. Um, to meet Roy, and Roy is a man who helped him while he was in jail, and so now to repay him, he has Arkin work for him to like steal from houses. Since I guess he's a contractor, he works at these houses. He can pick locks, so he just gives him a house, and then he goes and robs the house, and then they kind of split the profits. Um, so in this case, Arkin meets with Roy to tell him that he wants to rob the house of the family that he just worked for. And Roy kind of gets mad about this because he feels like Arkin is trying to run it when he's the one who's supposed to be in charge. Like, basically, Arkin's like, yeah, it has to be tonight. Like, it, it has to be tonight. And then um, Roy, I think this is a very important quote. He was like, you don't change the routine. That's when mistakes happen. And evidently, Arkin wants to change the stupid routine. Because they were going to be on vacation for a while, I think. Like, yeah, they could have waited days to do this. Like, he really could have had this plan, but it's whatever. But we learned that Arkin is, like, Arkin picks the locks, and a man is the person who picks the jobs, Roy. And I guess he knows that it's like a ruby that's in the house that costs a lot of money. So that's what he's trying to get. And Roy just decides, like, okay, well, you know, we'll do it. But eventually, Roy gets, like, really mad with Arkin and, like, impatient. So, like, he grabs his hand, and he, like, has, like, a lighter, and he, like, lights the lighter, like, above, like, his hand to, like, his hair on his hand starts, like, shrinking up and, like, burning. And Arkin, like, he wants 50% of the total take, but Roy wants more, so then, like, he pressures him into agreeing. And, okay, the scene, like, I think it's an important scene because, like, it establishes how Arkin started doing this in the first place but I just seen it just seems like Roy is like like this was a bad idea like Roy is not the person to mess with so I don't know why Arkin would try and do this so like, I understand he's trying to like save his wife or whatever or girlfriend but they couldn't have like robbed like a McDonald's or something like <laughs> like something real simple. Yeah, now that I think about it, I didn't even think about like the repercussions of if it doesn't go right. He's in trouble with Roy. She's in trouble with the Lawn Sharks. Like I didn't think about that. I forgot all about that. But the scene ends with them both agreeing, and Arkin's like, "Okay, I'll see you later tonight." So then we move to where Arkin has like got towards the house, and he's about to go in there but he gets tackled by a dog while trying to enter and once he ends up in the house well me and Alex were discussing like he wasn't aware that it was a dog which is like really stupid because like I feel like if you've been working for the family like for a certain amount of time you should know that there's a dog like right there like the dog's like chained up so like that's where it's always been but maybe the collector like just brought a German Shepherd to go hunt people, but I don't like that. Just seems not realistic. So I think this is Arkin messing up already, and the collector probably heard this. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. So once he does get in the house, he attempts to lift the mirror, which the safe is hidden under, 
and he keeps like hearing noises from behind him as he's trying to unlock the safe and then we realize that it's the collector who's like moving around and hearing him at the same time so once he hears the creak in the floor like he like speed walks like another room and then like there's like this really cool shot where Arkin's in one room and the collector's like right outside the door and like there's like this really like cool overhead shot so Arkin ends up escaping down the stairs and then he tries to leave out of the back door but the door has like five locks on it like it ends up being the same key but like it's still five locks so then the collector heads downstairs and Arkin heads back upstairs and at this point well okay we don't discover at this point that there are traps around the house but I don't understand why there weren't traps on the main sets of stairs. Like, he didn't have, like, there was no reason for him to go, like, the collector to have to go up the stairs to go do something. So why weren't there traps on the stairs? Because he was doing it in the basement. Yeah. So Arkin goes back up the steps, and he starts in the safe, but then he hears, like, screaming through his vent, and he sees a man, like, fall on the ground. So... Arkin drops, like, his bag that he carried in the house. And when he picks it up, he makes eye contact with the man on the ground. And we realize that this man is Michael, the husband from the house from earlier. And Michael is, like, really bloody. And, like, he gets up and he starts yelling at Arkin. He's like, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this to us? Like, why are you stealing from us? And then Michael ends up picking, like, a sewing needle, it seems like. But then it was like a trap on it. It's like a wire goes off and like it like grabs his legs and then like drags him through the house and like drags him like over like the second floor of the house and drops him to the first floor of the house. And yeah, it was really brutal. I think I think the trap was really cool, but I just don't I don't like the collector really must have enjoyed doing this because why would you set all these traps for this what do you think about the scene Carmen I think it was a nice scene I just think I get tired of them screaming so much like that's that's the only thing that bothers me yeah the screaming is a very prevalent motif throughout the movie and it does come up a lot but after this Arkin discovers that the windows are boarded and he's been trying to call somebody on the telephone, but when he picks it up, there's a needle like taped to the telephone, so it like jabs his ear, and then he tries lifting up the window, but there are like razor blades on them, and they close down on his right hand, and he has to like try and like squeeze through and get his hand out of the thing. And in this scene, like he doesn't scream at all. Like the window like falls on his hand, and like razor blades get his hand and like traps it. But he does not scream at all. And, like, he didn't... Like, when he was lifting up the window, he wasn't looking at it. Like, he was, like, just lifting it. So he couldn't see the razor blades. So I don't see how he did not scream right here. What do you think, Carmen? I think that's true. Because I feel like if you were to expect the thing, then it's easier to not scream. But, like, when you're not expecting it, he also didn't scream. And I also think that this shows that the collector is very sadistic. Because it's kind of like the traps that he's thinking of like a needle poke it's like the the things that are happening are like sensitive parts of your body so like if a needle pokes you in your ear or like if you stick your hand in something and like razor blades get your hand i think these are just very sadistic things to think of to yeah. do to people so then he starts moving around the second floor of the house and 
he narrowly avoids like a um, trip wire that has a trap on it. And then like there are like really cool shots of like like earlier with the collector outside the room and arcing inside the room. Like they're like upside, upside down camera angles as he moves from room to room. And the collector starts looking for him. So then Arkin heads down the stairs and he grabs a knife from a fallen chandelier because basically when Michael was hanging from the um, second story of the house, the chandelier fell. And at the bottom of the chandelier, like the individual like sticks and stuff, there are like kitchen knives taped on the chandelier. So Arkin ends up grabbing a knife from it. And he also, he starts to grab some scissors that were like laying in like this like bookshelf but there was a trap on the scissors, so he didn't. And then later, like, as he goes on through the house, he finds more traps, like there are wires in the air, there are bear traps, more trip wire. Um, there's a set of stairs in the kitchen. We, don't, we never see where it leads to, but there are nails on the stairs, so we can't go up the stairs. Now, um, Arkin ends up hiding behind a door as he hears the collector goes down some steps and he ends up finding the husband tied up, looking like he's been tortured, and he also has a flashlight from when he was trying to get into the safe upstairs. So he goes to find the wife of the family, and she's tied up in the bathroom, and the wife tells Arkin to find Hannah, that she's tied up from the collector, and he hasn't got to her yet, and then the husband, Michael, says that Jill left before he got there. So both of them seem to be missing as of right now. And then the mom ends up screaming as a distraction because Arkin says that for him to go find Hannah, that he needs her to scream. But he wants her to stop screaming before he comes downstairs so he doesn't hurt her. And at this point, okay, go ahead. Yeah, like, in this, I just want to, like, point out how, like, brutal, like, the collector seems. Like, we see Michael, like, his eyes, like, messed up. He's, like, real bloody. And then the wife's name, who we found out is Victoria, she's in the bathtub. She's not only blindfolded and gagged, but, like, she's blindfolded to where, like, there's, like, duct tape, like, around her eyes, and it's, like, stapled, yeah, like, like, to her ear. To her yeah, it's, like, she cannot rip it off. And I just, I don't, I don't understand, like, why, like, I don't, I don't see what the point of doing all of this is, like, is he, like, recording this? Like, we, he, like, he ends up recording something later, but, like, is that, like... He's not gonna be able to document this, so I don't understand why it's so bloody. I'm also confused on how, like, what, what time did Arkin go to this house? Because if he just left, like, around the evening at best, how did the collector have all that time to set up all those traps? <laughs> After this, Arkin runs back up the steps and he sees that the chandelier trap with the knives is, like, hung back up. How did. Because Arkin's only downstairs for, like, maybe two to three minutes. So how did. The collector set this trap back up in the air <laughs> without, like, super making, yeah, like, it just doesn't make sense. But as Arkin is upstairs, the collector is downstairs, and, like, we see he's, like, threatening to cut off Victoria's tongue. Like, he, like, he, like, grabs her tongue with, like, pliers and, like, almost, like, cuts it off. Like, she can't even see it, so I don't see what's the, like, she's blindfolded, so she can't even, like, see what he's doing. But anyway, Arkin finally opens the safe and he gets the diamond or it looked it looked like a ruby to me. Like it was yeah, like red. Yeah, okay, so he gets the ruby and then he grabs the gun that Michael told him about. And then 
we see that the, the collector downstairs also like I don't know when I was watching it like it just seemed like he like cut off like a piece of, like his hair or like scalp or like he like grabs his head like a knife I don't know what he did but he did something to harm Michael I guess but after this Arkin goes into a bedroom I think he went to like the husband and wife's bedroom and he hears like noises coming from the closet and he opens the closet and he sees like this like really like kind of big red box and it ends up being the box from the opening of the movie so he opens it and the husband from the previous house not this house but the previous house which name is larry he falls out of the box and then like he like tells arkin that the collector is collecting people and basically he kills everybody in the house and he only takes one person per household so we can assume that he killed larry's um wife and larry reveals that arkin is the bait so then Larry tells Arkin to like get out of the house and Arkin forces him back into the box because Larry's like screaming and stuff and drawing attention to Arkin. And I guess in this scene, I just, I was like, how is the collector going to like continue from this house? Like, cause Larry reveals that the collector only collects one person per household. So was he gonna take Larry and either Michael or Victoria, and then move to a different house. Like, like I don't, or like, was Larry gonna be the new bait? Like, I don't, I don't understand what his intentions are. Okay, I was wondering, like, wouldn't this defeat the purpose of the collector because Arkin doesn't actually live there, and at this point, we can realize that he's robbing these families who do have money, and Arkin is broke so I don't really understand the point of taking somebody who doesn't live in the house but I don't know if he knows that Arkin doesn't live in the house but I would assume he does I mean he doesn't even know that Arkin like he doesn't even see Arkin yet they never make eye contact or see each other or well Arkin sees the collector but the collector never sees Arkin until like way later in the movie so I just think it's just really odd like I don't I don't understand how, I don't understand why Larry is in this house if he moved on to a whole other house. Like, it just doesn't make sense. All right, so after leaving the room where he found Larry, which we believe is the mother and father's room, Arkin goes to Hannah's room, which has also been booby-trapped by acid. So as he walks into the room, his shoes get, like, stuck to the floor, and, like, they start steaming and burning off, like, burning on fire. Is it burning on fire, or should I say? I think it's, like... Well, at first, I thought the acid was, like, glue or something. I thought it was just slip and slide. I, don't, like, I think they should have, like, edited this better. Because, like, at first, it seems like slime or, like, something sticky. But then it starts, like, burning. But, like, wouldn't the whole, like, floor be, like, bubbling if it was there exactly. for, like, it just doesn't yeah, make sense I didn't even think about logically. It, if you put acid on the floor, if acid can, like, can burn, through, human burn body, through the floor? It can disintegrate a human body. I'm sure it can burn, like, the floor. But, um, yeah, so Arkin's shoes get stuck to the floor. And then we see that they have a pet cat, which I guess we're just not introduced to because I don't remember them showing a cat. But the cat is, like, laying in the acid and has already been, like, burnt. So 
Arkin jumps on the bed somehow after like taking his shoes off and then he tries to save the cat but he throws the cat towards the window and the <laughs> 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 we're not trying to get canceled. We're not laughing because it's funny. I'm sorry, but like the window is also booby trapped, and like it's like a. With the, is it like it's kind of like the razor blades from earlier? Like yeah, there's like a it's blade. It's like a big one, and it just like slices the cat it's in like, half once he gets on the window pane. Like it just slices him in half, and then the collector hears the cat that has been whining since he was already in the acid, and Arkham came in trying to help the cat. And he comes upstairs to where Arkin is hidden, and he hides behind a bed. Now, at this point, Carmen already knows how I feel about this. Y'all, like, it's not like he's, like, behind pillows. Like, there was, like, a section of space between the mattress and, like, the bed frame and, like, the wall. And Arkin, like, hides perfectly behind it. Honestly, if this was me, I would have just stayed here until... The night was over. Because at this point, I feel like Arkin knows that it's very unrealistic that he'll make it out and get the diamond to his wife by midnight. So, honestly, I think he should just stay here until he was safe. But, hey. But at some point, I think he doesn't even start to, like, it's like, I don't understand the theme of the movie. Because it's like, okay, so he's going from villain to hero but it's also like because even as we see he goes upstairs to get the gun from when the dad told him to like go get the gun also i wanted to mention that the gun isn't loaded like when i was reading on wikipedia they said the gun was yeah he couldn't he couldn't because he the dad said that there were bullets in the safe but there weren't so that's why he went to the bedroom with the cat to get the bullets but i'm just thinking like what's the point because like he goes from hit from villain to hero but even then, he's saving the family. But when he went to go get the gun, he still stole the ruby. So he still had hopes of stealing from them to, like, help with the loan sharks. And then he doesn't even end up using the gun in the movie. But after this, like, the collector goes into the room, but he, like, he doesn't see Arkin. So he leaves, and then Arkin puts magazines on the ground to escape. And then he ends up going downstairs to the basement and he finds Michael, the husband, dead. Like, he's, like, hanging upside down. Like, he's... His intestines are It's over with. Yeah. And at this point, I... I compare this movie a lot to, like, other gory films, like Saw. It Texas Chainsaw a little bit, too. Yeah, it does remind me of Texas Chainsaw a lot. Okay, so as we said, Arkin is downstairs, and he goes to the room where Victoria is and he uses paper clips to remove the duct tape from off of like her eyeballs and he like ends up trying to help her escape but obviously she starts screaming when she sees her dead husband's body and like she panics and she runs up the stairs and the collector opens the door and like stabs her in the stomach now this scene reminds me well I don't know if y'all seen you on Netflix but in season one where, okay, spoilers, I'm sorry, but the show came out, like, four years ago. Also, it is the new season coming out this week, so y'all should go watch it. But, um, the scene where, like, um, Beck runs up the stairs and, like, gets knocked down by Joe, it reminds me a lot of that. But, okay, anyways, um, she gets stabbed at the top of the stairs, Arkin's still at the bottom of the stairs, so he hides under this desk in the basement, 
and the collector is like walking towards it, but he can't see Arkin the way like the light and the camera angle is. And he sees a spider. And this spider also appeared earlier in the movie. It wasn't really like a big thing, but it kind of like the camera focused on it. So you can assume that it's coming back. But he sees a spider and the collector releases it out of a window. So the collector ends up dragging Victoria back to the bathtub and he starts like a voice recording thing. Like he has like a, not like an iPhone or anything, but like a, a, tape, recorder. a tape recorder. And he's like, sews her mouth shut while Arkin escapes up the stairs. Carmen, what do you think about this scene? I think that, I think it also shows us once again how complex the collector is. Cause it's like, I wrote a question about why does he care more for an animal's life than a human's? Like, it's kind of confusing. Like, when you see serial killers evolve, one of the most, like, known characteristics that they harm animals from a young age. And in this case, he's killing people, but he's so, you know, careful with an animal that he just, like, releases out of the room. And I also think that Victoria screaming was just irritating. Like, I understand she's seeing her husband, and maybe it's, like, fight or flight, but it's kind of just, like, he kind of made me a little upset. And I feel like at this point, Arkin should have realized I can't help them. They're on their own. We're not in the same social class. It's time for me to go. Yeah. I also want to point out how we didn't mention this earlier, but the collector, like, he's like a, I would say he's like six feet at least, maybe. But he has like this mask on. And it's like, it's not like a traditional like ski mask, but it's like, it's kind of like leather or like something like... It's like it ties in the back. Yeah, it's like it ties in the back so you can only I see... I know he'd be hot. <laughs> <laughs> he got to be like... <laughs> like... It looks like one of those materials like when you move it around a lot, you can hear it. You can like... like yeah. It's like maybe like leather. Yeah, it's like leather, like latex. But you can only see like his eyes and his mouth. But like the way he like looks at the spider, it was like he was like a little kid like... I, I did scene when he like the spider I'm not like I don't understand what's going on but it just seemed like something was wrong with the collector mentally like I don't know if he has like a mental disparity or illness or something but like it just seemed like not everything was clicking I don't know it was just weird okay so now we end up being introduced to jill as like the camera goes to where she's just entering the house no she's just like coming back from whoever she was with the boy and like alex said before we can see that she's friendly i'm gonna say promiscuous because that's what her character is supposed to be but she's with some boy and they're kissing outside and she gets out the car to go in the house and i guess she thinks that she got away from going on vacation with her parents so she tries to open the front door and she realizes that she can't get in. So she says, oh, my mom must have changed the locks on me. And then they proceed to go to the back door and the collector unlocks the back door just in time for them to come in. So, hold on. So yeah, so then Jill and her boyfriend, in quotation marks, probably just like a fling, I don't know. They come into the house and they're like, finna get erotic. They started making out, y'all. Uh, and- yeah. 
I mean, we see that something is wrong with the collector because he's licking his lips. And <laughs> yeah, like the okay, basically, the boy puts Jill on the table, mm-hmm. and it's not like getting freaky, not like full out like PG thirteen stuff, but like he like takes her top off and she's like laying back on the table while he's like kissing like her body and stuff. And, and her eyes are open, like she yeah. can see, like. And the eyes. collector is like watching them, like he's like crouched down, like they can't, like they can't see the collector at this point. But he's like watching them. He's like licking his lips, like he's like really looking, like really into it, I guess. But Jill ends up seeing the collector, and they both stand up, and he goes towards um Jill and the boy, and the boy. I don't know what the boy was going to do, but he, like, tries, like, punching him or something. And the collector stabs the boy. Like, he, he stabs his hand, like, in between his knuckles. Like, it looked like it really hurt. So after this, like, the boy starts, like, stumbling backwards. Now, during this whole scene with Jill and the boy and the collector, Arkin is, like, in the other room, like, watching this go down. I think at this point, he was going to escape. But after seeing all this go on, it just really changed stuff. But anyways, the boy ends up stumbling backwards and he steps into like this bear trap. So he like kneels down and then the collector kicks him backwards. And the boy, like he's falling, like there's like a, an array of bear traps on the ground. So the boy falls into like six or seven bear traps and he's just dead. So then, Jill tries calling the cops, but the collector notices her and like she fails and like she gets knocked out and like jacked away. So now we're back to Arkin and we see that he has one upstairs and is like removing the wood from the windows in preparation to escape. And then we go back to Jill, who I wanted to mention is played by Madeline Zima, who is in a Cinderella story with Hilary Duff. And I'm sure plenty of people have seen it, but I just wanted to mention that that was her. She was one of the sisters, like the, the mean sisters. Um, so she's tied to the stairs with barbed wire around her wrist and her neck. And while the collector tries to like kind of fondle her in a way, but then we hear an alarm go off upstairs and it alerts the collector. So he goes upstairs. And now we see that Arkin has came down to untie her. And she believes that Arkin is the collector. So she grabs the scissors that Arkin had avoided previously. And once she grabs the scissors, it like sets off a trap that catapults her into a wall that has multiple nails that her body gets stuck to. And then she like gets punctured in the eye and dies. And I just think about, what I think about this scene is like, I guess I wouldn't know any better either, but I guess it's kind of like in the moment, but I feel like if we just seen the collector with a mask on, why do y'all keep thinking that the man without a mask yeah. is the killer? At first, Arkin did have a mask on when he first came to the house, but it got like ripped up by the dog and stuff. So at this point, why do y'all think that these are the same people? Especially because when you look at the collector, it's like something weird with his eyes. Yeah, like why would the collector tie your hands and neck with barbed wire and then minutes later come back? With different clothes on, no mask on, and untidy. Like, it makes no sense. But at this point, I just think that Arkin should realize that he needs to stop helping people and just get out the freaking house. So after this, we cut to Arkin upstairs in the bedroom with Larry. 
and he gets Larry out of the box, but I don't know why, but like he like leaves him in the room and like he punches the bedroom window and escapes onto the balcony and then jumps onto the ground. I don't know how he didn't see this window at first and just didn't escape earlier, but hey, I don't, he's pretty stupid, so. And at this point, well, I guess if he planned to escape, I would have, I think he should have checked Jill and the other boy's body to try and see if they had the car keys to the car they drove up in, because I would not want to have to run away from the house. I would rather drive, but hey. So as Arkin is walking or running out of the yard, he looks back and then he sees the younger daughter from earlier, Hannah, in her bedroom. And he decides to go back and try helping her. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm also confused now that I'm thinking about it. Why did he go back to help Larry if he wasn't even really going to help him in the first place? Like, Larry just started screaming out and he just left him to fend for himself. Like, what was the plan? Even if he could help Larry, because I guess at this point he's trying to help anybody he can. Larry's body is so messed up that he yeah, can't walk. It's, like, no. it's not going to, they're going to hear, he's going to hear every thud that y'all make trying to get him from one place to another. He had like, he had like nails in his feet. Yeah, he so. had like nails in his feet. So even if, which is also another way to think about how complex he's thinking of these traps. Like he has nails in his feet to where he can't like pull, you can't pull the chains off from around his legs. It's going to like pull at the nail. So. It's just real stupid. But anyways, Arkin decides to go back in the house and help her. But Hannah ends up seeing Larry and she screams and runs away from him. And the collector tries grabbing her, but Arkin punches him and then takes Hannah into her room. Um, I mean, although at this scene, the collector like got right back up, I would have kept fighting and trying like kill the collector because obviously it's trapped all around this freaking house. So I just would have tried handling right there. I've never understood the concept of people in movies just like punching the killer one time and then turning around like but yeah you know to each their own but once they're in hannah's room they set up a plan to where they're gonna push a fish tank and a tv onto the ground in order to electrocute the collector but the collector ends up breaking the door down and he pushes larry into the room instead and this kills him when he gets electrocuted and then the collector I don't know if the collector was, like, a part of the circus or something, but he had, like, throwing knives. Yes. <laughs> and he tried, he tried throwing knives at Arkin, but he missed, and they ended up escaping to another room. So when they walk into this other room, we see that it's also booby-trapped with, like, fish hooks that end up, like, sticking Arkin in the eye, and it, like, gets stuck in his ear. So he, like, rips those out, which also shows kind of, like, how sadist, well, sadistic, I'm sorry, sadistic. The collector is because once again these are like sensitive areas that you're like getting poked at and so we see that it's a laundry shoot that hannah's like oh yeah it's the laundry shoot and this is where alex also said reminded him of halloween 4 when michael myers is trying to get janie but she goes down like the laundry shoot and then she keeps going back up and going back down trying to get away from him and so arkin once again wanted to be a hero tries to help Hannah escape through the laundry chute so he puts her down first and then as he's attempting to go down like he's almost down and the collector comes in after like banging the door open with Larry's head grabs him out and then 
tries to suffocate him. But Arkin removes his mask and is then punched unconscious. So we see now that Arkin... Oh, I want to just point out, at this... Okay, I just realized right now, the scene where he's, like, breaking down Larry's body, it reminds me a lot of um, Terrifier. Like, how Art the Clown is. Like, just how, like... Okay, the collector isn't, like, funny, but, like... This scene was pretty funny. Like, he's breaking down the door <laughs> with Larry's body. Like, I don't know. It was just really funny to me. But you can go ahead and continue. Okay. And so, yeah. I said, Arkin's body is drugged downstairs. And then he's, like, hung up with fish hooks, like, in his hands to where it's, like, thin skin. So, it's, like, he's really just being hung on by, like, a thread. Yeah. And he wakes him up by, like, slicing his forehead with a knife. And then we get to a really gorgeous scene for me personally because I don't like mouth stuff. It just really is too much. But the collector, like, gets, like, a... What is He this? gets, like, pliers, and he, like, rips out one of his, like, back teeth. Like, something like you, like, chew food with. He rips it out while Hannah, the daughter, is hiding under the desk, the same spot yeah. where Arkin was at earlier. Yeah. And so, after the collector does this... He kind of notices Hannah. Like, he notices that something's under this. And here go, like I said again, Arkin wanted to be the hero. Starts just calling him derogatory names and calling him the F word. And basically saying, like, is that all you got? Me personally, I would never. Like, I, I understand, you know, saving a child. But, like, he, I guess he knows this family. But it just seems like too much in my opinion. Yeah. And so he he tested the collector's brutality, and the collector then goes into medieval torture, and <laughs> slices like, um his like around his like stomach chest yeah. area. But it's not like deep enough to where it's like yeah. lethal. It's just like where you're gonna be bleeding. Yeah. And he puts roaches, cockroaches, or some kind of roach look like hissing roaches. They look big, and he like puts fire around yeah. the jar that they're in to make them try to run from the fire and bite into his skin. Yeah, so this was a real form of medieval torture to where someone would have, um, like, they'd have, like, rats in a bucket, and the bucket would be, like, um, fixed, like, to their stomach to where there would be, like, hot charcoal. Like, the person would be laying down, and the bucket would be on top of their stomach. And then the there would be hot charcoal on top of the bucket to where the rats would escape through the body. Like, they would chew their way through the person's body. I don't know. It was just real. It wasn't that to this extent in this movie. But I just think it was kind of cool. I don't know. Something really interesting. Yeah. I think it also goes back to, like, why does, why does he have cockroaches? Like, why would you just have yeah, cockroaches? Yeah, where, where, where do you have met? Like, you <laughs> just have cockroaches with you. But, mm. And they're not even, like, regular cockroaches you find in the house. They look like hissing cockroaches or, like, Madagascar cockroaches. Yeah. Like, they look different. They really look exotic, regular. like. But anyways, after this scene, a cop um pulls up outside the house. And he's, like, walking in the yard, and he sees the collector, and he's like, stop, put down your weapon, freeze, or whatever. But then the German shepherd from earlier attacks him and, like, bites his, like, he, like, gets, like, he, like, really gets into his neck. 
and he's like really injured and the collector just ends up like breaking his neck so after this while this go i guess while this is going on arkin gets loose and he frees himself from the hooks in his hands back and then there's like chains around his feet so not only were there fish hooks like in his skin on top of his hands but like there were like hooks like in his back like i don't i don't know how how did he I don't understand how he was punched unconscious and didn't feel that. It's not like he's sedated. This just seems really extremely... It's just not realistic at this point. But he finds Victoria, who's dead now, in the bathtub. And there's a voice... The voice recorder from earlier is playing. And it's, like, playing, like, when she was, like, killed and stuff. And he sees, like, a gas um, canister. And just he assumes that the collector plans to blow the house up. So he walks back into the main room of the basement and the collector sees him through the window. So then he grabs Hannah and they're going to escape, but the collector let the German shepherd into the house. So the German shepherd goes down the stairs and starts chasing them and they get like to this bathroom. And this part really got like confusing because he like ties this like rope around Hannah. But I don't, like it really wasn't needed. Like, they just like crawl out and like escape to another room. I don't like. Do you understand what happened? No, I'm I'm kind of confused. On at this point, I think we can say that the German Shepherd is obviously a collector. Cause like, if it wasn't, wouldn't he know Hannah? So like. Yeah, and he would have attacked the collector. So, I guess it is the collectors at this point. Yeah, but they end up escaping to another room. And Arkin is up trapping the dog by like lighting a piece of paper on fire and putting it into a trash can. So when the dog like bursts into the room, he gets stuck in the trash can. And then he throws the trash can with the dog inside of it burning to the collector. And it was just really odd. I don't I don't understand like I mean, I guess in the moment that was the right thing to do, but was that really necessary? I don't really think so. What about you, Carmen? Can you repeat that? <laughs> like this, oh like the part where like he okay. threw the dog with the trash can mm-hmm. at the collector and like got hit by. I feel like it was a dumb decision because at this point we can kind of see that the collector is supposed to, I guess, be this like superhuman to where he can kind of like outlive. Like, if you can put up a, a chandelier in less than around two minutes, yeah, then I would assume that. Yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like in that moment, people are just doing a lot of dumb stuff. Like, throwing a trash can. Like, what is throwing a trash can that him go do? It doesn't even do anything, because in the next scene, they get into a fight, but the collector, like, ends up, like, just running off. Like, he doesn't, like, get seriously injured. He just, like, runs off. But after that, Hannah and Arkin try opening the front door, but the keys that they have are broken. And the collector appears, he appears with a shotgun now. I don't know where he had a shotgun. And he like aims at them and shoots them, but it turns out that he shot a mirror instead. And Arkin set like this whole trap up to where he shoots the mirror and then he lets go of a rope that's holding the knife chandelier. And it falls on the collector. <laughs> exactly. When did he? Oh, let me. We're gonna stand in front of this mirror so he thinks that we're in the mirror, but actually, it's a mirror. And then he shoots the mirror, and I'm gonna let it go of the rope, and it's gonna hit him. 
how what kind of was this like a two-way mirror no it was like it was like he okay he wasn't like in the mirror mm -hmm. but like when you're looking like it seems like the mirror wasn't there like it was invisible mm -hmm. to where he, he thought it was hannah arkin but i just think it was just really like it just seemed like something just to keep the plot going like it was just real weird but when the knife chandelier falls on the collector like do you remember like how like he sounded like when like he screamed like it was just really like it didn't match his character like it just sounded really like wimpish and stuff i don't know it was just but i think weird. i think maybe if we do review the collection like we'll try to figure out like because i i don't think the collector is like i'm trying to i think he's more so kind of like a jeffrey dahmer like not the cannibalistic stuff but it's kind of like they're a serial killer but they're like a child Okay. Like mentally, yeah, I, I, I so I like that. he's doing these things, but it's like because when you said when he had the spider, it was kind of like his whole demeanor changed, like by his eyes, like he softened up, yeah. So it's like he's killing people, but really, he's a child at heart. So I don't know if it has to do with his childhood, I don't, yeah. I don't know. But after this scene, they end up running out the front door while the collector is still on the ground, and they run like to the main road. And we see that the collector ends up getting up and running to the front door, but he stops there. So when they're, like, on the side of the road, Arkin runs out into the road and gets hit by a cop car. But Hannah's still on the side of the road. Now, he gets, like, hit and, like, in the air and, like, he falls to the ground. He's not dead here, but, like, he, like, looks over and sees Hannah. And this feels really weird because, like, he imagined that, like, the collector was, like, grabbing her. But it just turned out it was but a cop. Why do he care? That's why I don't... I'm sorry. I just don't realize why he cares so much. Like, <laughs> I don't know if it's because of his daughter or what, but I just feel like, why do you care so much about this child that, like, you really had barely any conversation yeah. with just a tea party? I mean, I guess he just felt bad that he robbed the people, but I don't... I don't think that's enough to... I don't even think he felt bad that he robbed them because after he came back... Like, when I said he came back from downstairs to, like, go get the gun, he still stole the ruby. Like, yeah. it wasn't like, oh, I'm saving this family now. I forgot all about the ruby. He still wanted the ruby. But the cop um, gets Hannah, so she's safe. And then we see that the house blows up and we hear the collector, the collector screaming again inside. Okay, so in the next scene, Arkin gets put into an ambulance and then... Hannah gets into a cop car, and then Hannah is driven away. And then a cop goes up to Arkin, and he's like, what happened? And he's like, we learned that the collector was working with the extermination crew from the couple scenes, the first scenes in the movie. He was working with Master Trap Extermination. Carmen, what do you think about this um, twist that occurred? Mm -hmm. I think it was also kind of evident, like, when they, when the when the scene opened up, and they had, like, showing kind of like a montage of the house and the people who were kind of working on the house. They they kind of put the camera on the extermination truck purposefully. Yeah. And they also show, like, somebody stepping out of the truck, but then you didn't really see that person's, like, face. And this also goes back to when um, Arkin informs the extermination company about a wasp that he saw while he was trying to put a window up. And the person that we eventually realized he was talking to was the collector. Yeah. Like, it's the same actor and, and everything. Yeah. I just, I think, well, I guess this is where he got the cockroaches from. Yeah. Maybe the people, <laughs> That's why he got maybe the people had roaches in the house, so he just saved them. True. Which is also strange. Yeah. But I think it, it was a cool way to tie in how, like, he, 
planned this out and stuff. Because otherwise, I don't see how he would have had all this information. But I'm trying to figure out, he's an exterminator, but, like, why he don't just be the one to fix the windows and stuff if he don't have to do all this? He might as well just work with Arkin. You <laughs> 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 put all the stuff on the windows and hanging chandeliers up in two minutes. He can just work. Oh yeah, he, oh yeah, he can get a better job. I guess Arkin is more of a locksmith, but he's also putting up windows and fixing doors. So I yeah. don't know. But after this, the ambulance drives away, and we cut to the same spider again in the tall grass, and it's like this really like zoomed in, high quality, like four K. Okay, it's not like four K, but it was like really. Like, high-quality shot. But then we cut to Arkin in the ambulance, and he's telling the paramedic, he's like, oh, can you please call my wife? Like, I got to get this to her by midnight. He's like, okay, well, what's the number? But then during this, the ambulance gets hit by a van and flips over. So when the van flips over, Arkin starts screaming, and the collector opens the door, like the back door to the ambulance, and he throws, he finally hits someone with a throwing knife and he throws a knife into the paramedic's eye and then he grabs Arkin out of the van and locks him in the red box from earlier where Larry was and he puts him in the back of the extermination van and then we see the camera pan to the door on the van and it says Master Trap Extermination and the collector gets in and drives away and that's the end of the movie. And then the credits roll, but there is a post-credit scene where we see the collector is sitting on the box containing Arkin, and he's reviewing pictures of another house on a projector. And then Arkin's like screaming, and like he's like, well, he's not screaming, but he's like, when I get out, I'm gonna kill you. He's like, I'm gonna effing kill you. And then the collector like kind of like kicks the box, and then it cuts the box. Okay, so now I'm gonna mention a few fun facts about the collector. So the first one is that this movie was supposed to be, like the writers, um, when they were writing it, they intended the movie to be a prequel to the iconic horror movie Saw, Saw in 2004, but the idea was then shut down. Um, another fun fact about this movie is that there is like a continuity error in the movie because Arkin is seen wearing black sneakers when he enters the house, but then when he's walking through and about to step on a tripwire, it shows the collector's boot. And then when he's walking down the stairs into the basement, he's wearing brown boots. So a total of three different pairs of shoes were worn within five minutes of the film. And there is a sequel called The Collection, which was released in 2012. And then there's a third movie supposed to come out called The Collected, and there's like a three where the E's supposed to be, but that's not out yet. So in the theaters, The Collector made a total of $7,712,000 domestically, and internationally it made $2,522,000, making a combined total worldwide of $10,234,000. Alright, so now we're going to rate the movie based on our own personal rubric, which includes the cast and who who plays the characters and how the characters are written. Then we're going to rate the plot, our own personal enjoyment, and the directing and the scenery. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. All right. So for the cast, I'm going to give it an eight. I think the acting was very strong, but I just think that 
the way that the characters are written, like Arkin and Victoria, for example, like I just feel like all the saving was necessary, and then all the screaming that happened with all the characters was just a little too much. Yeah, I also give no. I'm sorry, I don't know why I said also. I give the cast a six because at first I was gonna say a four, just because I didn't like the screaming, and I also just felt like. Like, the characters weren't bad, but, like, it just wasn't enough for me. I also feel like, kind of, like, with Jill, she was just kind of, like, promiscuous. Like, I feel like we didn't really know much about her. Like, she was just thrown yeah. in there. I feel like a lot of the stuff was just thrown in there. Like, and we also don't understand, like, why Arkin cares so much. Maybe because he has a child. Or, like, you know, like, we just don't understand, like, even Hannah hiding. Like, okay, so does, like, Hannah, like... Does she do this? Does she hide for fun? Yeah. Or, like, does she have this thing where she knows certain places to go? Then she just pops up at the window? It's just so... It just wasn't written. Like, yeah. a lot of stuff just wasn't written. Okay. So, next is the plot. I'd give it a six. I... I mean, I enjoyed the movie, but, like... Just the way everything happened in the house just felt really... Like, it was fast-paced. Not necessarily in a good way, but it was just, like... A lot of stuff was going on, and I just wish we could have seen more more stuff with the collector, for example, like how like I wish we could have seen the collector getting Michael and Victoria instead of them them already like beat up and tortured yeah. Cause why did they show us the, the family he got before the main family we see the whole movie? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, they could just cut that whole thing out. But I just wanted to open the scene. I also give the plot a six. Just because I don't feel like it's that cohesive. Like, it's some stuff that we just don't understand. Like, when I just said about how, like, Hannah, like, we don't understand how she just hides in the house, which was never mentioned. Don't know why Arkin cares so much. And then also with Jill, I'm trying to figure out how her mom saw her. She wasn't going nowhere, but somehow she showed back up at the house later. <laughs> and just, like, popped up out the blue again. It's just, like, kind of confusing. And like when I just said, like, the opening scene, why are you showing us a family we don't even know? Or, like, instead not showing us, like, later on in the movie where, like, Michael or Victoria are, like, getting killed or they die. And then it'd be, like, 24 hours later or, like, 12 hours before. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, you know what I mean. So the next category is directing, directing and scenery. I would give it a seven. I really enjoyed the camera angles in this film. I love the overhead shots and the POV of the different characters, but I do think the movie was very dark, and I don't think it helped, especially since the movie was mostly a one-location like film, and it was like mostly inside, so I would give it a seven. I also gave the directing and scenery a seven. Like I would say, I did like the overhead shot, and I did like if they were able to like focus the camera on like things that would come back. So even though it was like simple little techniques, you know, I think it came in handy, especially with the spider and then the extermination truck yeah. and stuff like that. Um, so I would also give it a seven. And the final category is personal enjoyment. I would give it a six. Um, it was scary on a first watch, but. I think rewatching it, it just, it just didn't live up to the first watch. I just think the movie overall just, I don't know, it was just, I mean, it's a good movie. I would recommend to go watch it, but I just think if, like, 
if you compare it to other horror films that are home invasion films, like Hush and um, The Strangers, um, Strangers, that's really good. Yeah, I just think it doesn't it doesn't compare. Like Key Carmen said, yeah. you can't compete where you don't compare. So what would you give it for personal enjoyment, Carmen? I gave it an eight. I watched this movie around like four years ago, and I don't know. I really enjoyed it when I first saw it. And then I rewatched it, and I I just feel like it has so much going on. But for just just for me personally, I kind of like movies where it's like so much going on, and then you get surprised like every other moment. But when you do rewatch it, it's like some things don't add up. Like why are you making these dumb decisions, or like you start to notice things that you didn't notice on your first watch. So I would also recommend it, but I wouldn't say like Alex said it compares to like Strangers, or Hush. Or movies like that, because I feel like those are way more cohesive. And even with strangers, it's kind of like you don't even understand the reasoning behind why they're doing what they're doing. They have no reason, and I think that makes it even more scary compared to like this movie, which we also don't know why he's doing it. But yeah, you know, it's just it's cool. So we both overall have the movie scored as a twenty-seven out of forty. Okay, thank you guys so much for listening to our. Partner podcast. We want to call our fan base partners because there's this YouTube channel called PTI. It basically is like this girl who finds predators and like interrogates them. And in this one video, this man was like, "Well, you can say the quote part." Um, it, it's kind of like she was saying that she had to use no. He said that he had to use the restroom, and she assumed that he said something about a restaurant. <laughs> and so she was like, yeah, let's go out to eat. And then he was like, I mean, at home on that one, partner. And so, yeah, it just was funny to us. Yeah. So. But we really enjoyed um, recording this for y'all, and we hope that you enjoyed it. Yes. Um, we want to give a few little um, acknowledgments, I guess. Yes. Um, first, to... Shane Wells and Parker Pearl because yeah. they did start a podcast a couple weeks ago and we don't want to seem like we're leeching off of them. But y'all should definitely go get, listen to their podcast. It's called the Tortoiseas Podcast. And they cover a variety of topics like sports and waffles versus pancakes and etc. Um, another one um, called the Dead Meat Podcast. James A. Denise and Chelsea Rebecca. Yes, yeah. they... It's like an extension from their YouTube channel where they like cover horror movies, but they definitely spawned the idea from um, for our review of movies. And finally, the Horror Version podcast. Um, they also cover horror movies, and they also talk about box office and fun facts about movies afterwards. But yeah, thank you guys so much for watching, and we'll see y'all next time. Yeah. Bye, guys. Bye.